Welcome, everybody, to Best of the West. I am your host, Kenji Ito, and today, Jake Brown is out sick, and we hope he gets better. But we have an amazing guest today, Reese Andrews. How are you doing today, Reese? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little tired, but I'm good. Um, like Kenji said, my name is Reese Andrews. I'm a graphic designer and a photographer here at Cronkite. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank you for allowing me to be on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. And a uh, shout out to you for creating the Best of the West graphics, the new logo, and the new background for the Twitter page. So absolutely, thank you so much for being on here and doing so much for me and Jake. So let's just jump right into it because we're all about the news, right? So let's first start with the Rams. The Rams re- restructure Tyler Higby's contract, which is a key piece to that Rams offense. Is it because like he's more performing like badly, or do do they want to get like someone in the market? I think the market could be a possibility, but I think the bigger thing in my mind is injuries. Higby mm-hmm. has had a little bit of an injury concern over the past couple years, and they did just bring in Bryson Hopkins, who had four receptions and 47 yards in the Super Bowl. He was third on the team um, in, in the Super Bowl in receiving yards behind uh, Cup and um, OBJ. Uh, and, you know, I th- like I said, I think the market does have some t- something to play into that because, you know, they're always trying to bring in more pieces to L.A., but, you know, injury concern and Bryson Hopkins, I think, also plays into it. Yeah, I think you make a fantastic point is because, like, you know, Tyler Higby is getting up there in age. We all know that. He has dealt with injury issues. But, like, you know, Rams, over the past couple years, ever since, like, they kind of got Matthew Stafford, which is only not too long ago, like, they're just trying to build a super team. So they're trying to clear up as much money as they can if they still have some, you know. Um, to get, like, another superstar or an under-the-radar star who can, like, shine brighter in L.A. Definitely. Yeah, so, and our next Ram subject is who's going to be, like, the main back of L.A.? You know, Cam Akers, he's also been dealing with injuries, but he's a young uh, young running back from Florida State. He's very explosive. But, you know, they kind of rely on Daryl Henderson more. So, like, what what do you think's the overall, like, strategy coming into this year for these two guys? I think, you know, what we're seeing a lot more in the um, NFL is split backfields, and I mm-hmm. think that's definitely going to come into play again this year. Um, I think Akers, if need be, can be that number one guy. He can take the majority of the load, kind of like a Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt situation where Nick Chubb takes more of the – you know, traditional inside runs, he gets a few outside, but then Kareem Hunt comes in for more on those receiving downs, uh, third down, fourth down if needed. I think the Rams could go something similar like that or like the Eagles a couple years ago who had four starting running backs. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the, these running back by committee, like it's it's very popular in the NFL right now. The Rams kind of, not headlined it, but, you know, a few years ago when they had Gurley and they had uh, – Anderson, mm-hmm. they had these these communities. Um, I think Akers will eventually be the main back if they decide to go with that. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I I think there's no problem in splitting carries. Um, it's not great for a fantasy perspective. Oh yeah, but, um, absolutely. Whoever drafted Cam Akers in fantasy, uh, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but like the main the main thing is. I personally like Cam Akers better, and I think they should roll with him. And it's not just because, like, from a journalistic perspective, we don't know everything behind the organization. But, like, we can obviously see 
that Cam Akers is obviously more shifty, and he's a better receiving back. And, you know, running backs are not only needed for rushing, they're also needed for receiving these days. And it's, like, so beneficial to offenses. Like, for example, like, look at Chris McCaffrey, even though it's out of the division. You know, he's such a versatile running back, and they basically give all all the success to him, you know. So I, I think that Cam Akers uh, is the right option here. Like, I like and kind of basing off that, like, do you think it's also the right option or not really? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, like I said earlier, if you need to go with a number one running back, it definitely should be Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson is not a bad back by any means necessary. Um, he was pretty much that number one guy for them last year. He had 688 yards and five touchdowns. Um, but I think you go with you go younger you go with the more sturdy back again cam Akers has had a little bit of injury concerns but he is the sturdier of the two just hard nose running um he's also very shifty like henderson but i think Akers is the better all-around back and will definitely contribute more to the team if it is just a one uh, running back backfield yeah absolutely and let's uh shift to our last rams topic and this is like pretty controversial because you know aaron donald main star of the team he had that brutal fight with the Bengals offensive line but he said this is that they're facing buffalo this week and we'll get into that later but he's saying his main focus is buffalo so does that kind of like mean he's on a revenge or something or like what does this necessarily mean and how well will he play against like this stacked offense i think Donald is the best defensive player in the league. I don't think that's a question. Yeah. Um, and the Bills have a case for the best roster as an entirety in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But that right side of their line is a little weaker than the left. Um, yeah. Right now listed on ESPN, they're, um, they're starting right guard and right tackle are Ryan Bates and David Questenberry, who are not bad. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're not... You're not you, relying on those guys, you know? Yeah. You, you see teams trying to double triple team donald mm-hmm. and with those two guys on the right side i think you're gonna need to get, have mitch morse come over and you're gonna need to start doing those triple teams which is gonna leave a lot of room for guys like um ford or anyone else on the def or leonard ford or, or anyone else on the defense to mm-hmm. come in and you know uh have success for the rams on defense yeah absolutely i think like this strategy for the Rams defense like this actually it's tomorrow Thursday night football uh I think what's going to happen is that they're just going to move Donald all over the place like they're going to put him on that weaker side they're going to maybe put him on Mitch Morris and he's just going to go off in my opinion because we've seen him before we've seen him get like 10 plus sacks almost like every year so it's it's very hard to stop him but it's also so unbelievable to watch you know definitely yeah and like do you think that like donald will be like sustained like will he be stopped by the buffalo offense or do you think like he'll like i said this go on a tear if i mean the thing about being on offense is you don't get to dictate who you're lining up against the Mm -hmm. defense gets to dictate who they're lining up against yeah exactly i think if the Rams stick with Donald going after that right side of the Bills offensive line, I think he'll go on a tear. If mm-hmm. they have to switch it up and he is up against Dawkins and Saffold, that might be a little bit of a different story. Because oh, those yeah, guys absolutely. are the stronger side of the line. Morris is a very good center, but you know, that right that right yeah. side of the line is 
very much the weak point of the entire team, not just the offense, just the entire team. Yeah, exactly. And, like, we all know that, like, even though Morse and all those guys are good, no way they're stopping Donald, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that is it for what we have for Rams. Now let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks, which is me and Jake's favorite team. Um, So we did talk about this on our very first episode of Season 2. Who's going to be the starter between Geno Smith and Drew Locke? I said Drew Locke, he said Geno Smith, etc., etc., etc. But it was officially announced that Geno Smith will make the start in Week 1. Like, is he going to be, like, a sustaining quarterback throughout the year? Or do you think that Pete Carroll will realize that, hey, Drew Locke can come into the situation and be the quarterback? That is a tricky one. I think you've seen what you're going to get mostly out of Drew Locke um, in Denver, mm-hmm. where he had a, you know, a pretty decently stacked offense. He had Jerry Judy, he had Corlin Sutton, he had Melvin Gordon, he had Javante Williams. Um, you've seen what you're going to get out of Drew Locke, and you're going into – Nothing against Seattle, but probably a worse offense. Yeah, for sure. Um, Better offensive line, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, so, Geno didn't play terrible last year. Yeah. Um, you know, he only had one interception. He had five touchdowns on the year, which, you know, isn't great. Um, but, you know, th- they had close games. They had that overtime loss to Pittsburgh. They had the 13-10 to 10 loss to New Orleans. They were close. Um, he... He doesn't need to do that much, I think, to, you know, just keep that, um, mm-hmm. that starting role because I'm not I'm not a Drew Lock believer. I'll say that. Oh yeah, I'll I'm not I'm not that. either. So, but, <laughs> um, that being said, Geno Smith isn't the best option, but it's what they have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, tanking is pretty frowned upon um, in the NFL. But I think you know if you're starting. Geno Smith. If you yeah. have a quarterback room of Geno Smith and Drew Locke, you're not really trying to win. They're trying yeah, to exactly. Get, they're trying to get one of these guys um, in college right now, like a Bryce Young. You know, they like short yeah. quarterbacks. They had Russell Wilson for yeah. forever and Stroud, possibly. You know, or CJ Stroud. Yeah. Um, so, I think you know this is Geno's job to lose. Definitely. You know, he he has the weak run start, but mm-hmm. you know it, it it gets into the weeds eventually. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, like, personally, you, you just got to work what you have. Like, you know, it's kind of, like the Seattle quarterback situation is like a game of poker, you know. It's kind of like, oh, I have a king, a queen, a jack, and a ten, right? You say, oh, that's a really good hand. I hope I can get, uh, like, a nine or something, you know. If you don't get that nine, then you go, oh, man, I just got to roll with what I have and possibly just i don't know put the fold the cards down i i don't know if the rules of poker but that's pretty good (laughs) yeah you just got you just got to roll with what you have like if you have a four four and 13 season or something or whatever the math comes out to we're journalists not mathematicians but (laughs) like you just got like geno smith is going to do what he's going to do you know he's had previous like opportunities at starting quarterback he had it last year for a little bit he had it with the jets long time ago and i think he's going to perform the exact same as what he did when he was with the jets you know like it's a, it's a better offensive system than the jets obviously but i mean we're not like seattle fans is not going to expect oh you know he's going to go on an absolute tear and win the division and we're and seattle is going to have like a hot a higher draft or a lower draft pick than expected you know so 
But, like, more importantly, I think Seattle is all about the future. They're just trying to rebuild and rebuild and rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. But the main thing is that they released wide receiver Freddie Swain off the 53-man roster, and he was a pretty young guy, and I thought that Seattle had a future with him. But they, I guess they didn't. So, like, what is what do you think is the reason for this decision? You know, they don't have the best um, wide receiver room in the league um, mm-hmm. by any means necessary. But, you know, they do have guys like DK Metcalf. They have Tyler Lockett. And then I think since Swain was mostly that receiver last year, I think D. Eskridge can slot right into that. He'll take up that role, um, and he'll probably, you know, perform a little better. Um, just seeing his tape out of college – um, and the little bit of time he has had um, preseason and in his career in the NFL so far. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think Swaim is definitely a good receiver. He had eight starts last year, uh, 343 yards and four touchdowns. You know, nothing groundbreaking, but... Yeah, but it's at least a valuable slot option, you know? Definitely. Yeah, like, I think he can, like, work in another system and, like, kind of prove that, hey, you know, I'm proven to be drafted because... Like, and I'm, I'm not saying that as, like, a diss, but, you know, there's so so many players that get drafted in the NFL. It's, like, pretty hard to do, you know? So I think if he goes so, somewhere else, I think it's he's going to have major success because I think they're going to value him more and uh, use him more, you know? So now let's get on to Reese's favorite team, the Arizona Cardinals. So yes. they're kind of, they're in kind of in the roughs but not as bad as Seattle of course you know they still have Kyler Murray and etc but they added to their weak secondary Trayvon Mullen was traded to the Cardinals and they got Javelin Guidry who they signed off the waiver wire to the Cardinals like how is this necessarily like going to help them and we looked at stats and you know Guidry is pretty underrated and Trayvon Mullen he's He's known to kind of get burnt, but like, how how does this help this week secondary? Anything they can get. Yeah, absolutely. Anything they can get. Um, like you said, uh, we took a look at the stats. Uh, I think a fun stat that I found was uh, Gidry had four forced fumbles in twenty twenty. Um, yeah. The Cardinals are not known for being a team that gets a ton of takeaways. Um, anything can help if he gets some playing time. Um, and especially with Antonio Hamilton burning his feet um, in a cooking accident. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, that was going to be out for the first couple weeks. Yeah. Um, so, again, anything that can help. Uh, you have Byron Murphy. He is primarily playing in the slot, so you need um, those outside guys. Trayvon mm-hmm. Mullen, he is a good cornerback. He was a very good cornerback coming out of college. Um, like you said, he is known for kind of getting burnt a little bit, which isn't super exciting to hear as a Cardinals fan. Yeah. But they need something back there right now and if they can find it in Mullen if they can find it in Gidry I'll take it yeah um like you said it's a pretty weak secondary so they're gonna just gonna have to they're gonna have to deal with it for now and especially facing the Chiefs week one who we we will get into that a little later loaded up on offense um this past offseason yeah. You know they they're gonna they're gonna feel it. <laughs> yeah, personally, like I feel like that Byron Murphy is gonna take that number one spot in the defensive backs role. Uh, just cornerbacks, not safeties, because obviously there's Buda Baker there and Trayvon Mullen and Gidry. You know they're just gonna they're just gonna fill those gaps. But what we what both I and Reese found interesting was 
Arizona Cardinals were announced to be the team featured in Hard Knocks in season. And th I think this is their second season doing Hard Knocks in season. So, like, what is going to be their main focus? Is it going to kind of be like DeAndre Hopkins being suspended? Is it going to be the role that other receivers might have to take? Maybe Kingsbury? Like, what do you think is your overall thinking about this decision? Well, I think they're definitely going to play into the Cardinals' midseason slide which mm -hmm. has happened every year Kingsbury has been here, which is unfortunate. But, you know, they'll see – I think they're definitely going to play play that up, say, Coach, you've had th these mid-season slides. Like, what are you going to do differently? How are you going um, to get past this this year? Um, and I think they will definitely get into the weeds with the whole Hopkins being suspended, trading for Marquise Brown mm -hmm. um, during the draft. Those are, I think, the two bigger storylines. And then there's also all the Kyler Murray drama that happened in the offseason. Yeah. Since this is the in-season hard knocks, I think that won't be um, as prevalent. Maybe if Murray's performing poorly, then they'll probably play up that play yeah. that up a little more. But, you know, I think I think the Cardinals have a good offense. I think they're gonna they're gonna get done what they need to get done without Hopkins. Um will that be six and oh? Probably not. Um, yeah. But you know they they'll get they'll get the ball rolling after week one I think, um, and they'll be able to, you know, kind of focus on what they need to. Hopefully, it makes a good uh, a good series on Hard Knocks. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, like we have to admit the six and O season or the six and O of last season was really impressive and really shocking. But honestly, I think their main focus is going to be Kyler since of all that drama. You know. It's he made such a big deal about not getting the money he deserved. I think he's a great quarterback, but not at that level yet that he can be considered elite. And that might trigger some Cardinals fans, just FYI. But like, and then he made that whole spiel about, hey, you know, I find it disrespectful of um, like, I have to be required to uh, spend four hours of studying per week. Like, I think it's just going to be a revolved around him. And and in some ways, I think they're going to involve J.J. Watt somehow because, you know, top top edge threat, you know, but he's been dealing with injuries. They're going to just kind of keep an eye on him and see how he's doing. Yeah, Watt has been in and out of practice. He's actually not practicing today. Yeah. Um, I read on the way over here. Um, so, you know, that, that, that has some cause for concern. Um, mm -hmm. Will 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 they go over that in Hard Knocks? I, I'm guessing not. Yeah. But you know, JJ Watt is a big star. He's one of the biggest names in the NFL. He was considered the best defensive player in the NFL for a number of years. Oh yeah. So absolutely. you know, you definitely want to play up when you have a name like JJ Watt on the show. You you're gonna want to play up some of that stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's move to our last team, and this is probably super big, uh, the 49ers, right? They've they ran through Debo Samuel all of last year. Like he was, he was used so much that like he had almost a thousand yards rushing and over a thousand yards uh, receiving. But here's the thing: is that he finally returned to practice. Like only a couple days ago, he's dealing with the knee contusion. So like, and knee contusions are pretty severe when it comes to like an injury especially in football so like how is this going to affect like his week one performance and later in the season um you know not being with the team for so long that can definitely um you know play into how his week one performance will be like mm -hmm. you said knee contusions are 
not something you want to be dealing with, especially as someone as versatile as Debo Samuel. He's, you know, the definition of a flex position. He's of a flex position in fantasy. He's in the backfield when you need him. He's taking those end arounds, and he is one of the best open um, field receivers in the league. He can swerve through anyone. He is a he's a Swiss Army knife. You know, he's mm-hmm. a versatile weapon. And yeah. just with someone who gets the ball that much, he gets so much play in the game. It, I think you want to try to limit him, especially facing a weaker Bears team. You're going to want to try to limit him as much as you can. You know, if that means just play him in the first half, play him in the first half, you know, into the preseason. Um, But you need him healthy for the rest of the season. So I think if it comes to it, you know, hold him out of the game if need be or pull him out at some point because you need Debo Samuel. He is the lifeblood of that offense. And, yes, you have George Kittle. Yes, you have a very good running back room. But, you know, you can replace any – um, running back in that system with any other guy. You know, yeah, they keep absolutely. getting these undrafted guys and they bring them in. And Debo can take, you know, 15 carries a game too. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think they're yeah. just really going to, like, kind of, like, switch him in and out of formations, you know, because he's still, I'm pretty sure he's still dealing with the knee contusion. But, like, you don't want to make it worse by any means. So, I think they're going to put him in, like, some formations and then say hey you're coming out you're gonna rest like maybe five or seven plays like i'm just making numbers up here um and they're this gonna use him as little as possible it's gonna hurt for fantasy owners especially me since i drafted him <laughs> but i think it's i think san francisco will do what's best for him you know yeah definitely so now let's get into the fun part of our show which is predictions you know nfl season starts tomorrow and our first matchup is buffalo bills at los angeles rams in sofi stadium what do you got reese i personally think the bills are the super bowl favorites this year um i have them winning 41 to 38 i know that seems like a lot um i have a feeling this is going to be another shootout game like that uh chiefs rams game we saw a few years ago where they put up 105 total points it was 54 to 51 Mm -hmm. there were 925 yards and 11 touchdowns um between goff and mahomes and that was with goff yeah so now you have josh allen who definitely outplays goff and you have um matthew stafford who also definitely outplays goff so you know we'll see if i'm right on that um I am personally hoping for a very high-scoring game because I have Josh Allen on my fantasy team. Yeah. So you know, all the for, more touchdowns. All for the fantasy. All for you know? fantasy. Yeah. The more touchdowns he gets, uh, the happier I will be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that's a pretty that's a pretty uh, good take. Like, and I mean, I'm kind of rolling with the opposite because you know they're reigning Super Bowl champs. They're gonna get their rings and kind of be all happy about getting a Super Bowl ring. I say it's gonna be super close. I'm gonna say 34-31 Rams. I think Matt Gay is going to kick the game-winning field goal. Uh, and I think they're just going to have an eager to win after that ceremony they have, like, after every year. And usually, like, the Super Bowl champs play, like, a very tough opponent, like, every single year after getting their ring ceremony. Like, for example, Tampa Bay last year played the Cowboys, and, like, that matchup was unbelievable to watch. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to say this, but I think that just like the 
Bills Chiefs game last year in the playoffs, I think that the Bills defense this might choke again. I think it's I think it's an actual possibility because and I don't like to say this like I said, but how do you give up so many yards in 13 seconds, you know? Like that was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So now let's just move on to a revenge game, Denver Broncos at Seattle Seahawks at Lumen Stadium. Reese, what do you got? <laughs> Um, you know, you said you're a Seattle fan earlier. I'm sorry to say this, but yeah. I have Denver winning 35-7. to Like you said, uh, this is a revenge game for Russell Wilson coming back to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle, again, no offense, but probably they do have the weakest uh, roster in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Broncos have only gotten better, you know, yeah. bringing in Russell Wilson and bringing in all the pieces that they have um, over the offseason. They're just – they – they are not a Super Bowl favorite, but they are definitely favorites to at least get into the playoffs this year. Oh, for sure. And I think the Seahawks are probably, you know, bottom five, possibly in the league. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that far, but, you know, they're looking like they're going to have a pretty high draft pick. And, you know, you just, it's kind of two sides of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think we can all point out the obvious that it's going to be a revenge game for Wilson. But, like, the defense will just get to Geno. Like, you have Sertain on the cornerback spot who's going to probably guard Metcalf. And you have Chubb on the edge. Like, I mean, I think it's going to be 38-10. to 10. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think Pete Carroll is going to settle for a field goal and get one lucky touchdown. <laughs> so, and then your favorite team, Chiefs at Cardinals. What do you think? Yeah, I'm a very pessimistic Cardinals fan, so I'm just going to flat out say I think the Chiefs are going to win 31-20. to 20. Um you know, the Chiefs kind of loaded up, like I said earlier, on offense. Uh, this offseason, they got Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. They drafted Sky Moore. Um, and, you know, they have a pretty solid backfield, too, with Ronald Jones, Jarek McKinnon, and uh, Clyde, Edward- Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I don't think the Cardinals can really match up to that. They have a weak secondary. Um, Kelsey is going to be probably wide open in the middle of the field, like all of the tight ends are against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... We'll see how they perform without DeAndre Hopkins. They they didn't perform necessarily great without him uh, last season, uh, i.e. the Packers game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll see what, uh, what goes on. Yeah, and honestly, I'm just going to say Chiefs are going to win 35-20 to 20 because, honestly, you nailed all the spots and all the things that, like, I was going to say, like, kind of. Like, basically, Holmes and Kelsey are going to shred, no D-hop, weak secondary. Kind of, It's kind of like a repeating rhythm over and over again, you know, for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And let's get into our last matchup, San Francisco at Chicago. Reese, is this another blowout or is this close? I, I think this is going to be another blowout. I, okay. I have Niners 28-6. I think, you know, <laughs> I didn't go a little higher on the Niners score is because I think they are going to do what I said. I think they're probably going to treat this like a preseason game. Mm-hmm. They'll probably pull some of the starters at halftime because I think the Bears make the case for the worst roster in the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, they have their Simple guys. Simple as that. Yeah. They, they have their guys. They have Mooney. They have Rokon Smith. They have Robert Quinn. They have Eddie Jackson, but they don't got much else besides that. Uh, they have absolutely no line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, uh, San Francisco always has a solid defensive scheme. They always have a solid defensive line. They're going to get to Justin Fields. Justin Fields was the most sacked quarterback last year, I think, by a good margin. And, you know, just I don't think 
the Bears are going to hold up to the Niners. The Niners are a top team this year for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, the Trey Lance drama, you know, there's a little bit, there was a little bit of Trey Lance drama over the past couple weeks, but, you know, yeah. I think he's going to start. He's going to shred it up against the Bears. Very, very weak secondary. I'd say weaker than the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably pull him at halftime if if they do what I think they are and treat it as a preseason game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I didn't put a score prediction down, but I'm I'm honestly going to say – 30 to 7. I'm just going to put it out there. The the captains of the defense can't carry the whole defense for the Bears. Uh Kittle and Ayuk and I think Ayuk has been Lance's favorite target. They're just going to shred that defeating linebacker core. <coughs> like you said, D-line is going to get to fields so easily, you know. They have a the Bears have a weak line and that doesn't help if you're trying to like kind of rebuild and kind of help support your quarterback, you know. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, thank you to everyone tuning into the show. And most importantly, thank you to Reese for appearing on. Uh, uh, you got any Instagram handle, Twitter, Snapchat? I don't know. Shout out your handles. <laughs> uh, yeah. My Instagram is Reese underscore VA 14. Uh, Twitter is RVA underscore 14. Um, you know, I'm a photographer, so I'm going to be – I actually got the opportunity to take some pictures at the uh, ASU versus NAU football game so i'm gonna mm-hmm. be posting some of that so if you want to see some photography uh, maybe i'll post some graphic design stuff mm-hmm. you know give me a follow yeah and uh that is it for best of the west and we will catch you next time same place same time at blaze radio thank you